Jay right in your face. Welcome back to the Fadeaway Podcast, episode number eight. I'm your host, Fatty, and I got my boy Zaid here with me. Zaid, how you doing, bro? Good, man. The Super Bowl last night. Woo! Slap a rooski, bro. TB12, baby. I, I, I tweeted before the game, and I'm going to stand by, obviously not because he won, but I don't want to hear anything about Bill Belichick or any TB12 slander. I'm not even a football fan. I'm not even a football person. I just know the GOAT when I see one. Seven's pretty incredible. They're talking about, like, greatest athlete of all time, though, and the, the, he can't I, really run. I, that's the thing. I saw <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, I saw that tweet on uh, someone sent in one of the groups or whatever about him playing, like, 34 real hours of, of actual football, and he can't be an athlete. He can't be the best athlete ever. But then you have to di- differentiate. Is it based on athletic ability or is it based off of achievements? Achievements, yeah. he's there, man. You, you can't beat seven. You can't beat being the best Football player to every quarterback live. too, quarterback too, and he's not even done yet. Yeah, so it's that's crazy. The scary part. It's crazy what he's been him doing. And, him and Gronk have been to. They won four rings together, and they were they have like the number one, uh, Tandem, the amount of yeah. the amount of touchdowns between the two of them in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it's great. I we were talking about this yesterday just among our friends, but we're fortunate, man. Yeah, we're growing up in yeah. uh, in a very good sports era in terms of you know Goats. we watch Kobe, we watch LeBron, we watch Tom Brady. And then on the soccer side, Ronaldo, Messi. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Tiger Woods is one of the greats that we grew up in, in yeah. that era of. And then obviously we got to see the Raptors mm-hmm. bring home a championship. So we've been kind yeah. of lucky, man. Yeah, we, man, we, absolutely. We've been kind, of, kind of fortunate. Um, I mean, from from a Raptors perspective, it was uh, it was a good week, and then it kind of ended off a bit slow. Yeah. Uh, but it was a weird week around the league, man. I felt like everyone this week had a career high somehow. Yeah. Uh, rookies, non-rookies, everyone had, yeah, a, had their fair share. Um, but I guess let's uh, let's tackle some Raptors basketball, man. So, uh, if you want to start us off, how did the, how did they do this week? I know they had three games. So that three games, they went two and one this week. I think they could have went three. Uh, sorry, uh, three no this week. Um, but right before the third game, they were tied for six with Atlanta, which is who they faced. So that was a really really important game for the Raptors to win, just because you're tied with that team. So in the head to head, um, and you and, and so you, you get that head-to-head advantage if you are battling for a specific spot in the Eastern Conference later down the road. Um, but let's just kind of go game by game, I think. Um, the Magic game, Raptors at the Magic, was a very, very special game. And obviously there's no bigger headline in that game than Freddie breaking the Raptors' scoring record and scoring 54 points. That was the second night too, right? The second game. The second game, Orlando? I think, off a of back-to-back from Orlando. It was uh, Sunday, Tuesday. Yeah, okay. Uh, but back-to-back games against Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, and Freddie was just on fire. Like, we, we like he, he went what, 11 for 13 from three. And I it think was the he, hottest 54 points I had ever seen. And I've seen a lot of, like, Steph Curry 50-plus points. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's definitely making outlandish shots. I'm not going to compare. Mm. But Freddie was just composed. It looked like a very normal game where he just didn't miss. Yeah, exactly. And he was just locked in, and he was just making pretty much everything. But routine. As, yeah, routine. But as much as, you know, we can give as much praise as we want for 54 points, you know, the best, you know, there's there's many records. It's Raptor f- franchise record for uh, points in a the game. There's uh, uh, most points in a game by an undrafted player as well. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, my biggest takeaway from that game from Freddie in, in particular was despite him scoring 54 points, him defensively, watching him play defense, watching him locked down ball handlers, watching him play in front of guys while scoring 54 points, I think is what made that game so much more special for him. Because, you know, we've seen DeMar do it. We've seen Terrence Ross score 50 in a game, but we've never seen them play on both ends of the floor during those games. And I think for me, you know, from from what I love about Freddie being able to play that defense is when he, when he can't score 54 points, what is he going to do? And you know, we'll get into it a, a, a little bit later. That next game was a bit of an off game for him, but he still defended well. And so that's what I love the most about that game from Freddie in particular was you dropped 54. That's amazing. Congratulations. A huge milestone. Uh, like I was like a proud father watching that game because like we've watched Freddie grow up so much. Right. And, Does anybody but, have more swag than him, though? No, there, 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 there isn't anybody with more. He swag rocked than him. that 50 point game like nobody has ever rocked it. I mean, he Easily. was just walking up and down the court. Straight face, yeah. Going into timeout, straight face. He'll hit four straight threes, and it's just routine. Like it was easy. He's he the like coolest guy on the court. Mm-hmm. It looked, it looked so easy for him, and it looked 
like it was another day at the office for him. And you love, you know, the teammates being able to celebrate with him and, and how Kyle Lowry was able to kind of give him the hand him the game ball at the end of the game. So I think that was huge. But um, aside from all of that, we know Freddie had a great game. There's nothing to take away other than great game, great scoring, um, you know, output. And Kalo had a triple-double. Exactly. Kalo had a triple-double, which... What was nice was was it was a good filler. I think it was it was like a fourteen point triple double some around 14, there. 10, 10. Exactly. Um, that's exactly how I want to see Kyle Lowry contribute to the game. I don't want to see him take twenty shots, fifteen to twenty shots. I want to see him score in in a timely manner, and I want to see him facilitate and grab rebounds and draw charges and and do what he does best. Mm. Another another thing that wasn't so great actually was Pascal um, and. I think he went, so he went 0 for 2 from 3. I'm glad he's taking the 3. I'm okay with that. He went 1 from 6 from the field. And that's a bit concerning for me because there's not much else to his game. To be fair, though, the two games before that, he had 30. And the game after that, he had 30. Yeah. It seemed like a one-off game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he has been a bit slow. But yeah, I just want to say, like, you know, he's been relatively better. Yeah offensively since the last time we came here to talk and we said why don't you just become more of a Giannis he's actually been attacking a lot more he's been driving it a lot more and and reading that mismatch I like it I I mean if he's gonna give us 30 plus and help us win then I don't care if he's not shooting threes the nights you have 12 though my only issue is just the sustainability of being able to do that every game and being able to do that in the playoffs when teams are taking away your paint are taking away your post-up move which I for some reason no team in the league has taken it away in the last two years, which is really like on the, on the scouting report side is, is kind of confusing. <laughs> but um, my, my kind of biggest note for Pascal just in that game in specific, I know he had two 30-point games after, and he played, he played great this week, was just I hope it doesn't become a facilitator because we didn't pay a max guy to become a facilitator. I want him to be able to score. I want him to be able to rebound and run the floor and run, and run the offense. I like what I'm seeing from the facilitating side, but... I need more on the scoring side and more versatile offensive game from him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to be to be fair, with Fred getting 54, he was like the focal point of that game. Yeah, yeah. That, that one was a bit of a wash. Um, but, yeah, we definitely got to be more consistent. Now, one thing that's kind of been pissing me off that I got to get off my chest here <laughs> is this every game the Raptors played this week, they've notched a technical foul. They've yeah. gone four techs in the last three games. Hey, Nick, shut up. I mean, hey, Nick Nurse, stop complaining. Every game, every damn game, unfailingly, Nick Nurse is yelling on up and down the sideline. Yeah. I get it. It's frustrating. Mm. But at this point, you're costing your team points yeah. every single game. Mm. You can't be doing that if you're not playing. Yeah. yeah. How and, many times are you going to do that, bro? And, but it's, it's not just Nick. You know, Kyle Lowry is known amongst the league to be one of the biggest yeah, guys to work Yeah, but Nick is leading coaches in the NBA. Like, the Why? Yeah, that's a that's a big focal point, I think, as well. Yeah, that's that's not something you know. That he like, be doing. it's just frustrating that that Atlanta game. There were so many times where they were making that comeback, mm-hmm. and then boom, four straight texts in a row. Like, why, guys? What yeah. the hell is going on? Yeah, and th- 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 that's what I'm saying. There it is. It's not just Nick. It's it's four technicals or a, a group of technicals amongst players. I know Bembry got one in the Atlanta game. I don't. I I, I saw what happened. It, it seemed like he was giving one of the officials like just some some lip, I guess. Not nothing crazy though. And then another official came and kind of defended. Um, and the officiating has been offic- disgusting too. See, this is the thing where where you have to sort of giving give it a level playing field. The officiating has always been disgusting, and it's been worse in games, and it's been not as bad in games. I the, feel like it's worse the, this year. The Brooklyn game, literally, I wrote down it's eight versus five. Like the Brooklyn game was. It was atrocious officiating. But at what point do you stop complaining and stop getting your technicals and just learn how to play around it, play through it, or play with it? Having four technicals in a game, having three technicals in a game, you're costing yourself points. So what route do you take? I think they're watering down their complaints, too, because they literally complain about everything. Yeah. Like, you have a guy like Chris Boucher mm-hmm. who's screaming on every take, and yeah. he's yelling, calling <laughs> for the foul. Yo, brother, I get it. Like, tennis players, they grunt and they have their thing when they hit. If you want to scream, that's fine. Stop complaining. Stop asking for a review after every call. His verticality is terrible. Every time, he's coming down. He's coming down. And he's complaining every single time. Stop complaining. Yeah. It's just, and Lowry's a whole different story. But, I mean, Lowry's been this way for years. But it feels like this year that the, the refs are just not having it with him. Which, I mean, 
why what why should they though at the same time he's like, a champ he anybody with his resume is getting more respect agreed with that I've never one seen more charges blatant charges that he's taking that are just no calls I, Ow. I, I i agree with that but the reason why they're not taking it is because he's he's built this reputation of complaining after every single call he's, it's too much so it, it goes both ways it. If you, if, you watch it, it? if you watch it, he's not as bad, but he's starting. There's been a few times where he dribbles his way out of proper basketball. Yeah. He turns it over. He does a bad play, and he's complaining. Mm-hmm. Get back on defense, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it, it's getting so annoying, and they're all just mimicking the coach and just complaining and just feeling bad for themselves. Like, yeah. just play the damn game. Yeah. It's on, so on annoying. The- Every game now we're looking at what, attack a game. Who are we? That's the and it, it's frustrating. There, there's got to be a happy medium with it. That's the only thing. Like refer, refereeing has been at an all time worst this year, I think, and so it's much more frustrating for the players, much more frustrating for the coach. Um, and and to get like the Raptors aren't even getting calls that they usually would get. So it's been really bad. But on the flip side, um, you know that that was a huge win for the Raptors uh, against the Magic. Um, a few days later, they, play, they played against the Brooklyn Nets. What and, a game. And they won 123 to 117. I thought this was, you know, obviously this helps feed your point, but I thought this was the best offensive game that I've seen the Raptors play all season. And obviously it goes against a historically poor defense in the Brooklyn Nets. KD was in and out of the lineup due to a bunch of the COVID protocols and whatever. So um, in terms of, how do the Raptors match up against the Nets? I'm not exactly sure yet. But offensively, you know, Pascal Siakam dominated the post, dominated the paint, 33-11 that game. Um, and it just also speaks to the Nets' lackluster paint presence. Kyle Lowry had 30-7. and seven. It was vintage Kyle Lowry that we saw. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for, for Lowry was he took over that, that fourth quarter and that ending to really solidify the win for them. And I... I, it was so good to watch Larry you just know why, pull though? up, pull up and shoot. You know why he came back like that? Because was that the game they poked the bear? They poked the bear. That was the game they poked <laughs> the, bear. The, game yeah. the bear. was poked. <laughs> yeah. The bear was poked that yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and, and it showed. No foul, though. No foul. No foul. Yeah. Um, and he, and what, if you guys haven't watched, what Fede's referring to is um, they poked him, scratched him in the face. Whatever the case uh, was, he has blood bleeding. gushing from starts, his, starts bleeding. Yeah. Probably, the, I don't know if he needed stitches or not, but he had a bandit on for a couple of games. Yeah. You um, know what's funny, too? And no call. That night from our account, we tweeted at um, Mama Kalo. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Lowry's mama yeah. on Twitter. And we're like, yo, like, officiating's been hella suspect. She's like, Does it, isn't it always? Yeah. And that's like, like, they definitely talk about that at Thanksgiving, bro. That's, that's the life of a Raptors fan. Kyle Lowry hates the refs, too. We yeah. know it. <laughs> that's um, the life of a Raptors fan. But, man. Pascal and, and Lowry really led the Raptors that game. I think Freddie had a slow game at, coming off that 54 points, so it's nice to have somebody else that can pick it up in Kyle Lowry. Yeah. One one but, thing I want to point out. Yeah. Sorry. Actually, go ahead. Say your point and I'll point it out. But I just want everybody to play together. My biggest thing was play together, play in sync, play cohesively. But it's also nice that the Raptors have somebody when, you know, when Freddie's struggling or not having a great game, somebody else can step up into that role. We'll go ahead. Yeah, no, no. One thing I, I loved about Freddie in that game, the Brooklyn game, mm-hmm. if you remember we came on here and we're like, Kyrie Irving since coming back from his hiatus. Yeah. Averaging 37. 30, 30, 30, 30, 28 uh, on the uh, season, season. On the season. 35 plus since he came back from the hiatus. Yeah. He was taking like 24 to 27 shots a game. Yeah. That game, he had 15 points off of 15 shots. Exactly. He was, yeah, okay, he sure, or he was like 6 for 12 or something. Sorry, yeah. 15 points off 12 shots. Yeah, it was 50%. But if you're going to tell me I'm going to hold this guy to half the shots, yeah, he's going to score 15 points, yeah. I don't care if he's shooting 85%. This is a guy who scores 37, 35 on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. So on that night, with him not playing well offensively, like your point earlier, he's bringing it defensively at an elite level, and that's and he hit a dagger three. Yeah, he hit the the yeah, dagger yeah. three smiled, at the end yeah. of the game, and he smiled and yeah. he tweeted after. Yeah. He's like, "It's about time." Like yeah. sometimes you just need the, the that one is the most important one to hit, and that's what I meant. I went on I went on um on Facebook after, and people were hating like, "Oh, Fred VanVleet, oh one game he has fifty four Like, do you? And these people like they proclaim to be, "Oh, I played a high level basketball. I know more than you." Mm-hmm. But how are you not even looking at him on defense if you're yeah. going to tell me you played a high level of basketball? And and the best part Come of the best part of it is if you didn't watch that game, you wouldn't know what Fred Van Vliet did on the defensive end because on, on on his plus minus was a plus one. 
Imagine being a plus one but having to card the card um Kyrie Irving and holding him to 15 points in the game. That's not something that happens often. Yeah. And, and for his effort on that defensive end, he had two steals and he just played great on ball defense and really disrupted the Brooklyn Nets offense. And for a guy who dropped 54 and was struggling in the next game, what else can you ask for? You can't ask for anyone anything else. He didn't keep shooting. Yeah. He didn't empty the clip. He just had confidence that, that the offense will come soon and that defense is where he's going to make his money now. And yeah. he did that. And if you look at it too, James Harden was held to 17 points. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a tough game for the Nets. I mean, it, yeah, and that, let's talk about that KD thing too, because I feel like we should address that a little bit. Sure, and because yeah. uh, KD, there was a, a weird situation where he didn't really play the game and he didn't start. Uh, one then, aspect yeah. of it is like I actually think Brooklyn is like terrible without him on the court, and that's a whole different discussion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you still have James and Kyrie, but it just looks awful without him on the on the floor. But secondly, like what is what's going on in the league? So this guy warms up. And he had tested negative three times in a 24-hour span prior mm-hmm. to the game. Mm-hmm. He warms up. They come on mid-warm-up. They're like, yo, some guy you had come into contact with earlier today may have been exposed. Can you chill back here till we get it all figured out? Yep. Goes back. Comes in mid-first quarter. First game in his career to play off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But comes in mid-first quarter. And uh, whatever. Plays the game. Plays the half. Two minutes or three minutes into the second half, he picks up his fifth foul that they yeah. somehow reversed. We yeah. clearly body checked Norm on the yeah. fast break, yeah. but whatever. They got, they gets got his fifth foul, gets it reversed, doesn't come back in the game because the person apparently that had tested or the person that he had come into contact with before, his positive test came back mid-game. Why is he there if there's no test? Why is he not traveling but the team is still traveling? Why do the Raptors get to play the next game? What's going on here? This is a mess, a gigantic mess. And the, he took to Twitter too. He's the, pissed. The problem is just the inconsistencies in that. And and you know, if you have to pull him from the game, he's already come into contact with everybody on the Nets side. He's already come into contact with whoever he's played against on the Raptors side. They get tested, maybe I'm sure they get tested after the game, before the next game, whatever. They get cleared to go. He doesn't get cleared to go. The Nets get to travel without him. So I think the league is trying to not make it up as they go, but figure it out as they go. And it's kind of a mess because of that. And, you know, and now they've added the all-star game, which I, let's talk, we'll talk about that later and what we think about the all-star game being added to this season later. But the league is in a very difficult position this year because the product they're producing is extremely underwhelming. And they had to put KD out there. You know what I mean? Like they, if he's like, okay, three negative tests, go. He, no, but, we want him to play. But then, why are they holding him back now? Because of that that second negative test for the other person. Like it just it just late information that that happened. Which in, in hindsight, massive PR. In stuff. hindsight, don't play KD at all because you're not sure if he's come into contact or he hasn't. If and if you're waiting for somebody else's results, you shouldn't play him. Horrible PR move. KD took to Twitter, says you can't fool your fans. The, the league knows. The fans know and. We all know, you know, we all know it's about money. We all know they need to make up for a huge loss last year and this year. Um, what what can you do? That's just that's how yeah. the league is this year. No, absolutely. And um, one thing I want to say before we move on from Brooklyn is you really got to see like shades of how scary they can be offensively. Mm-hmm. And you like Jack was saying it on the broadcast, like on a team like that, you can't Give, you can't not take advantage of your open shots. Yeah. You can't miss open shots. You can't turn the ball over. You need every possession to go amazing mm-hmm. because these guys can come down and score t- like a 12-0 run in like 45 seconds. And, and we've seen it. They've been down early in games, and they just turn it on. They go on 12-0 runs, 10-0 runs, 15-0 runs, and they when, catch like, up. Especially in our in our situation when you got Joe Harris was going off and then mm-hmm. Jeff Green was going off, it's like, if KD's in the game, like assuming he's going off too, it's going to be tough to beat these guys or even like slow them down. Yeah. So uh, that was an interesting game. But let's move on because we had a chance. The Raptors had a chance to really secure the sixth seed or even move up a little bit. Yep. Uh, but currently pushed back down to the 10th seed. Um, don't be alarmed because those four is like nothing apart. We're a game, they're a game behind. It's, it's not a game behind. It's nothing. Something but crazy. talk to us about the, the Hawks game. What were your takeaways from that game? The Hawks game was a very, very frustrating game because a lot of the time it felt like the Raptors were playing from behind. And a lot of the time when the Raptors do play from behind, they don't usually end up getting over the hump. 
And then we talked about the technical fouls. The technical fouls are really prominent in that game, and that's what helped, you know, push and give the Hawks the security for that game. Um, what was amazing was a great performance from Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher, a career high, twenty nine and ten. Um, so he really found the gaps, found the holes that the Raptors needed, and was really able to produce. The one scary part of that game. Um, and you can look at this through many different lenses. It depends how you want to look at it. 34% from three. And the Hawks, as a team, were 53% from three. So you're not shooting well on a team that... Oh, and the Hawks are also one of the worst three-point percentage exactly. in the whole league. So you're, you're on a team. The Raptors are giving up a very high percentage from three, which the Raptors have been doing all season against a team that shoots poorly, and they're shooting poorly from the three which is usually around 50% of their offense. Granted, they only lost by what? 11 points? Like they were kind of in it until the last few minutes, but it's scary when you're not shooting well. I got some shooting numbers here. Kalo shot one from seven. Shows how tired he was. Oh, sorry, one for seven from three. Shows how tired he was. Terrence Davis, one for five. Yikes. One for five. If you're taking five threes in a game, you only make one. Why are you shooting past the third three? Well, he's got to shoot. That's his role. I'd rather him put it on the floor. He's not just a shooter, though. He's good enough to do other things. His IQ just isn't there. Mm-hmm. It's not He's a there for him. Player. It's not exactly. It's and it's not there for him to last in the game. So, and so the poor shooting was 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 very frustrating. And then another thing was, Kyle Lowry played 37 minutes in the Atlanta Hawks game, coming off a of back to back against Brooklyn. Against the Brooklyn Nets, it doesn't make any sense, man. And this speaks to my point about Nick. You need to manage the. The players minutes way better. On a, on the second night of a back to back, Stanley played eleven minutes. There's no OG. Yep. And Utah played seven minutes. Stanley was two two for two from three against the Hawks. Utilize the players and be more strategic with the players. I've had a really big issue with Nick Nurse this year and his subs, his timeouts, and his and his, and his, his minute management. It hasn't been the greatest. Coming off a of back to back, I don't want to see a thirty six year old Kyle Lowry play thirty seven minutes. It's ridiculous. So for me, I agree. 100%. It, 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 it was a great effort from the Raptors. I think they let one slip away that they really could have. They really could have brought home. But I just think I that's a scheduled loss, man. It's the second night of a back to back. Brooklyn. Both games are on the road. Yeah, I, I'm not. Like, I'm not it's holding. a scheduled loss, and the fact that he played him. You're right. That should be. He should be given the respect of a DMP that game because sure, yeah. Or mm-hmm. manages minutes better. Yeah. Thirty-seven minutes, bro. Mm-hmm. Pascal mm-hmm. played thirty-three. Norm played thirty-two. How how do you? Like, that's what really also sticks out is how do you have Kyle Lowry played the second most minutes on the team that game. He's the oldest player on the team. How are you doing that to him off a of back to back? Like, yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. sense. It doesn't make any sense. Um, some notable stuff though. Uh, Freddie came to play. He had twenty-five and ten. Starting uh, starter Norm came out to play. He had twenty points, but he also only shot one for five from three. When you live and die second by the three, of a it's, it's tough. That's, it's that, it's a trap it, like, game. It's one of those trap games. Second night of a back to back with Brooklyn. That's the tough part because Brooklyn, you have to come out and you're firing. They scored yeah. one hundred twenty, and they still put up one hundred twenty, but their defense didn't show up at all. Yeah, one hundred thirty-two yeah. points. Like you're not gonna. It was one of those trap games. Atlanta is also a tough team to play off a of back to back, so you know you got to give credit to Atlanta, and they were able to take care of business, but. I saw a very winnable game, to be honest, and I and I, I think the Raptors honestly can be and do have a better team yeah. than the Haw- than the Hawks. Just fatigue plays into it, and the poor shooting really shows the fatigue. Like if you're shooting one for seven from three, you don't got your legs, you don't got them, and and I really w- did not want to see Lowry play more than thirty three minutes that game, and, and he yeah. played thirty seven. One thing also before we wrap up Raptors, but one thing that I thought was very concerning as well. The second quarter against the Hawks, they gave up 38. And then the second quarter against the Nets, they gave up 40. Yeah. You can't develop a lead and win the first quarter. Like, the, the first quarter against the Nets, they won by 11 points. Mm-hmm. And then you give up 40 in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You you win the first quarter by 8 against Atlanta, and then you give up 38. Yeah. You lose it by 9. Now you're down. Yeah. You're down 1 or you're down 3, whatever and, the math and, is. And part of that is also the bench coming into the game and being able to really play at the level that the stars are playing at and especially when guys out you know we haven't seen OG in two weeks so we can have two weeks right so when OG can't play the next man up that's coming off the bench because Norm moves to the starting lineup the next man up is really really important so that six man is very very important we've seen Chris Boucher really fill in that role we need a Stanimal we need a Terrence Davis we need a Utah we need a Bembry 
whether it's collectively or a single individual performance, they really need to step up together. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's talk around the league, man. Let's yeah. look around the league because uh, it's been it was a weird week because seemed like everybody broke a career high, broke some sort of scoring offensive record. Um, but I want to start out in the West with the Sacramento Kings. The mm-hmm. what? The, the Sacramento, Sacramento Kings, Kings, baby. They had a four and zero week. Yeah. Let me list off the teams that they beat this week. They beat um, the Nuggets. They beat the Celtics. Sorry, sorry. My fault. I'm missing a game. So they beat the Clippers and the Nuggets on a back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. That's tough. That's tough. And then on the Wednesday of that, be- that week, they beat the Celtics. The Monday of that week, they beat the Pelicans, which is another team we're going to talk about because they've been pr- playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then before that, if you want to go back to the 22nd of January, their only loss came against the Heat by one point. They beat the Raptors. They beat the Magic. They beat the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So... They've won six of their last seven games. They won four straight. Yep. De'Aaron Fox is killing. They've won actually seven out of the last eight. Seven out of their last eight. Yep. Well, I'll add one more. De'Aaron Fox is killing. Yeah. How do you feel about these these Kings, man? I don't know. They're always... The Kings have a good group of guys, a good young core. I don't think their time is now yet. I... I still think they're they're still a bit too young. Halliburton came in as a rookie. He's been doing well, which we'll talk about later. I'm worried about their coach, to be honest. I don't think Luke does a lot to complement the team. I don't think he has always put his guys in a position to win. Um, he's been given a young team before, and he hasn't done that well with the young Lakers team. Not that there was many expectations there. Um, I think this young... Sack team is better than that young Lakers team. They've got a bunch of good stars, a bunch of good young stars coming in. So, can I mean they've the, the the teams you listed out? Those are not scrubby teams by any means, right? So, can they play at a high level? You they also have um, Harrison Barnes, who was a great. Like know, if great I told the you wings. the Raptors had the Celtics and then on back to back Denver Clippers, they're not they're not going three. You think they could do that three? They're not going three. No, and that's the tough part where they're so young. I don't think their time is now yet, but. For them to pull that off at this level, at this stage in the season, I think is very impressive. Who knows? Maybe they can sneak into the playoff picture. Who knows yeah. about that? De'Aaron Fox, I want to show you his last four games. Oh, so, buddy, I know. 38 points, 12 assists. 26 points, 11 assists. 24 points, 5 assists. 36 points, 7 assists. So the kid is scorching. Yeah. His yeah. three-point percentages, with the exception of one, oh, actually a couple games, he's, he's, not, he's not that but, great of a yeah, shooter. His but, field goal percentage is yeah. pretty efficient. He's 58, 53, 45, 60. His three could get better, but this guy is on a scorcher right now. Yeah. And I'm afraid that it's too contingent on him. I, I mean, he's a, star, he's a star player. I mean, I don't for, trust for, Buddy Heald. For a lot of teams, For a lot of teams, it usually depends on the way your star player plays. And that's why I'm saying they're still a bit too young. I don't know if De'Aaron Fox can keep this up for a long period of time. Luckily, he's been doing really well right now. During out, throughout, throughout the season, he's been doing really well. Um. He does have to clean up his turnovers, but you know when you're giving the ball, the amount of times you're giving the ball to De'Aaron Fox, that's going to happen. Um, I just want to say I was this close to trading him away on fantasy a couple weeks ago. This close, and thank God I didn't because he's been destroying the league and he's been he's, he's been, been amazing. Killing. He's been amazing. He's been killing, and um, another guy too, Buddy yeah. Buddy Healed. Like you, you kind of kind of suck, man. I have him on fantasy too. And I, <laughs> I see the stats, and it's, you kind of suck, bro. It, it hurts. It hurts. I'm man. not gonna lie. Like over this four game winning streak, like 16 points, 25 percent from the field. Yeah. 15 points, 31 percent from the field. Five points, and then like last game, 22 points. Great, thank you. It's so about it's time. 39 percent from the field. Yeah, he is very inefficient. Very <sighs> inefficient, but buddy, but you know who's having a sleeper year though. Mm-hmm. HB Harrison Barnes. Yeah, yeah. He's having been. a very great defensive year. He's mm-hmm. having an efficient year. Um, I think he catches too much flack because he was replaced by Kevin Durant. And right before he left, he had like a historically bad finals game. He where also he, like, didn't break, really like, 20 shots. He also didn't do much when he was in Dallas, too. So he's been, yeah, he's so caught a lot of flack. I'm happy for the to past. see. I, th- I think maybe he's just starting to fit into his role a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but Sacramento, man. Like they're still twelfth in the West. I don't know that they're going to be a playoff team, but maybe they can sneak in at the end. But you got to be think. happy about De'Aaron Fox. That's what, that's all yeah. I'm going to say. You got to yeah. be happy as a fan mm-hmm. of De'Aaron Fox to see him because we we talked about him being like the slowest uh, in his draft class to get to this level. So yeah, let's move over to the Pelicans because we talked about the Pelicans briefly, uh, but the Pelicans have been. Uh, 
it's been a, a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, whirlwind. I'm not gonna lie to you in terms of lineup changes. Who's gonna play? Who's not gonna play? Yep. JJ Redick, Lonzo Ball, trade, trade rumors. rumors, and then you know, sort of just finding that groove between Ingram and uh, and Zion because they can both produce, but I feel like. I feel like it just doesn't fit. They don't know how to really work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the last few games, man, they've been looking pretty good. So uh, I want to ask you a question because this is a very strange question because easily the most hyped player since LeBron. Yeah. Is he underrated? Is Zion Williamson underrated? Because, I think he's, because look, uh, from a league perspective, he's definitely showtime. Yeah. But I'm saying – Media, fans, buzz, Twitter, no one talks about Zion. And Zion just hit a huge milestone. He did hit. And he, nobody talked he, about it. I, well, we saw some reports about it. No, no, no. We saw some reports I mean, about it. We see was, reports because we're <laughs> nose deep. But, like, the average fan probably didn't hear for the it. Well, for people who don't know, he was the fastest to hit 1,000 points in a career. 1,000 or 3,000? I think it was 1,000. Um, that makes more sense because he yeah. played, like, 30 games. And that's why. I think it's because he played. I'm not sure if they did it based off age. I think they did it based off of age or minutes. I think it was quickest to quickest, get to those points. Right? Yeah. So um, that's a big milestone. I, the, I think he's, uh, to be honest, I think he's properly rated. I don't think he's overrated. I don't think he's underrated. We know from a box office standpoint, we know from a let's sell ticket standpoint, he's, he's big time. You know, big, athletic dude, powerful dude. Casual fan wants to see the dunks. They want to see all... Um, the powerful moves you want, they want to see him body people and everything that we, we get that where I agree with him you know people not going crazy is his game is not even developed yet he's still mad raw like if you look at his points and how he plays it's based off athleticism it's straight up get a rebound it's straight up truck your way to the paint it's straight up jump over you and I'm going to dunk over you it's laid in over you post you up lob from over It's it's not much of Handle, shoot, handle, mid-range, handle, three. He's still got so much left in his game. And when you compare him to B.I., B.I. is so much more... given Polished. Given him three years ahead, four years ahead, B.I. is so much more polished than, than Zion is. Zion can't necessarily make create his own jump shot. He can make his own shot in the paint. He can't create his own jump shot like Brandon can. Brandon can really handle the ball. He can pull up on a dime. Much more polished... Um, has way more to his offensive repertoire. So in terms of overrated and underrated, there's there's things that kind of, I think, push him just in the middle. And that's just because he's just not he's not a complete player yet. Yeah. What I think for the Pelicans, while they're struggling, I don't think their coach fits their personality no. at all. And we've talked about that on and the show. It just doesn't work. No, it's not a thing. It doesn't work for them. And You don't get that guy to coach a group of young guys. Come especially on, with, and with, the, with the J.J. Redick trade rumors, and we can talk about that as well. JJ Reddick can be a very valuable asset to any team. He's not a scrub defensively, and he because he always he's able to hold his own as a as a three and D guy, and he's an elite three and D guy, one of, the, one of the top in the league. Given his trade rumors, where would you see him being traded to, or where would you want to see him? I want to see him on a contender in general. Mm-hmm. There's been rumors about him going back to the Sixers. Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't be opposed to that. Where else can you see him going? So I, I just want to say one thing about Zion before I tell you the JJ thing. But yeah. Zion's putting up 24 and 7, 60% from the field, 36% from three. He's like 20 years old. That's off not, no that's a, offensive. That's game. incredible. It's absolutely that's incredible. Absolutely. Like that, that to me deserves more credit. Uh, but hey, he's just got to win games. Once you win games, you'll get the credit you exactly. need. And that's just how it works. Uh-huh. But JJ Redick, uh, I know that he wanted to go one of a few places. Uh, one being Philly, one being Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him in New York because, I mean, I don't really see them as a contender. Yeah, much. I mean, they're they're a nice team. They could probably use his shooting, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of young guys uh, that I don't know that they want to bring him in and and halt the young guys. So you don't want to see him in in New York. I would like to see him personally. Would, I just don't think that they okay, want okay. they would want to see him there. Okay. But I would like to see him there because New York, Madison Square. It's you nice. know what? How about him in Phoenix? Let him, run, uh, let him run and play three D alongside I don't Chris know, Paul, though, and because they have their their three and D guys right now are unreal. Like Michael like Bridges, Cam Johnson, yeah. like yeah. like I don't think that they would want to bring in JJ, who's not as great defensively um, mm-hmm. as those guys would be, and he's mm-hmm. older too. Yeah, um, he wants Brooklyn. You can forget about it. I mean, we have J- Joe Harris, and even then, I think they should get rid of him. Uh, but if they Joe bring Harris, yeah, we talked about that last week though. Not because he's bad, but because I think that. 
his skill set could be used elsewhere. Used elsewhere. Yeah. And no, but he's really needed there. Need I think he's needed there. I think he's needed there. Well, if Durant's but, out, then yes, they need him there. But I mean, if he's there, then it makes him one more threat they for can them split, to have. I think. But yeah, but like I don't know, man. If you're trading him for defense, defensive pieces, then yeah. okay, I'm with you. You're right. Yeah, all right. That was that was my only thing. Yeah. But like, I don't think that J- JJ fits at all in Brooklyn. I mean, they're already terrible defensively. Yeah, putting him in there is just gonna make it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I th- is Philly. I would like to see him in Philly from a contending perspective. Yeah. He's played with Doc before. Doc knows. I don't his know strengths. if he likes him that much. He loves Doc. He loves Doc. Yeah, okay. he loves Doc. Him and Doc yeah. have a great relationship. Okay, that's good. Uh, they played. He played with Doc. Doc knows his strengths, his weaknesses. Um, I'm pretty sure he likes Doc. I don't know that from from that. Now whole, that you said that, I kind of that whole me out, but that whole mid to I know tw- Matt Barnes 10. doesn't like him, but but I'm pretty sure that JJ does because JJ is pretty neutral. I mean, he says how he feels, but I don't know. That team is I'm a gonna, tough team. I'm gonna search that up because yeah. I'm pretty sure that he likes him, but yeah, he requested to go there, so I don't think he would want to go there. Uh, and then that aside, um, him and Joel Embiid have an amazing relationship. He's played in Philly before. Toby's there still. He's Ben's been in the there. city. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that, that would be nice. And it's an older team. You got vets, so you got yeah. Dwight Howard, Danny Green, yeah. uh, guys that are his age, right? Like him and right now in the Pelicans, he's he's the vet. He's the vet. He's yeah. the only vet. It yeah. seems. I mean, there's like Bi Zion, like I guess Lonzo. Bledsoe is a, is a vet. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean Philly would probably be the best fit for him. In terms of winning, New York would be a nice fit in terms of just, like, go play, have yeah, fun kind have fun. of thing. Uh, but if we're contending, I'd like to see him in Philly for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving on to the next thing. One more team that I wanted to just mention I think is a, a huge sleeper team and has gotten no love, has gotten no mention. We just mentioned it right before we started recording. Is the San Antonio Spurs. They're sitting at 13-10 and 10 and 5th in the Western Conference. Now, that's not something easy to do. DeMar DeRozan is having a phenomenal year. He's not averaging the 25 and whatever that he used to average, but he's doing a great job in leading this team. Um, there's, there's, you know, for a team that flies really, really under the radar, for them to be in the mid, you know, mid of the table, mid, mid, mid of the conference and the playoff teams is, is wild. So DeMar's averaging 25 and 6. For DeMar's never averaged prior going to the Spurs, like th- more than three assists, four assists in a game. So, him being a playmaker has been huge. Um, he just had back-to-back thirty-point games last week, um, so he's you know you know he's quietly kind of flying under the radar, and the Spurs altogether are quietly flying under the radar. Um, and it just it's a good feeling to know that Pop still got it. You know he missed the playoffs last year, and people started questioning whether he should be leaving or not, or he should give the you know give the team to somebody else um, because the guys are so young, because uh, the game is changing so much, but. For them to be 13 and 10 and fifth in the Western Conference, I think is a huge deal for them. Yeah, and uh, two things I want to point out about Demar: uh, he's 35% from three. That's a career high. There you go. Uh, that's up last year from 26%, 15% the year before. Mm-hmm. So he's been gradually getting better, and 35% is fine. He's putting up um, two, two threes a game, which is the highest in the last three years. Yeah, he doesn't shoot. Um, so it's, I mean, it's good, man. It's it's better. Uh, and another thing: six and six point six assists. Yeah. Also career high. Yeah. Uh, so he's having career seasons in the things that were always his weaknesses. weaknesses. Yeah. His playmaking was a weakness early on. And um, his three-point shooting, obviously, like, everyone knows that. But uh, I'm happy to see DeMar, like, still relevant. Succeed. This I don't know succeed, if he's man. an all-star this year. I think with um, with 20, with this league here, 20 a game, I think, is maybe not enough for an all-star. I agree with that. Uh, Absolutely. But, uh, but, I mean, I'm happy to see him. They're still in the playoffs. And, hey. He's doing well. It's hey. Debo, yeah, man. It's Debo. It's Debo. Next. Um, Denver. Denver. Yoke. Not really we, Denver. Just Yoke. Just Yoke. Just dropping 50. On what a week, what, bro. What, what a week. Yoke dropped 50. We had Curry drop 50-plus. I think Jokic also had 48 this week, too. Luka had 47. Uh, Fred VanVleet had 54. Ridiculous. Um, Joel Embiid put up 40-point games. Um, he's been putting up 40-point games, and I think he's making a great case yeah. for, for MVP this year. I wanted to – I asked you this question before, and I, you didn't give me an answer, so let's ask, I'll ask you now. Are Does the numbers this year and even in, years pro, in the last couple of years, do you think they're inflated? Uh, well, what do you mean by inflated? Like, are they fake? Not fake, but – Given the way the games change, I don't think they're reflective of anything other than offensive output. I don't think that I feel like eighty percent of the offensive output now is 
not conducive of winning. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. It's just buckets. It's empty buckets. Yeah, a lot because of time. like let's let's take a perfect example is let's take Jokic's last four games. Right, last game he had fifty and twelve, unreal. Not the game before, but the one before that, forty-seven and twelve, unreal. Mm. And then thirty-five and ten, unbelievable. Yeah, San Antonio, Utah, sack. These okay. You want to win a championship, right? Yeah. So you got to play the Lakers. So yeah. they played the Lakers. 13 points and six assists, 37% from the field, no threes. Mm. Buddy, Anthony Davis has you by the shorts, <laughs> and it's not even close. And that's what I got to say. Like, he's having a great offensive season. Kudos to you, my friend. Mm-hmm. But you can't you can't do this. And I'm pretty sure they played the Lakers earlier in the year, too. I'm going to pull it up because uh, they didn't. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep an eye out for it. He's struggling against Anthony Davis. Last year in the conference final, AD took him out of the game. Yeah. So, (laughs) Jamal Murray had a great bubble. Boy, did I get conned and picked him up in fantasy. Yeah. Boy, do I regret that. (laughs) On on draft night, I joked. I'm like, I feel like I should take Fred Van Vliet with this pick. And I'm like, no, who am I kidding? I got to take Jamal. Yeah. I messed up. Fred Van Vliet's having a much better season than Jamal. Mm. Um, So, I think these young guys know how to put the ball in the basket. But they don't necessarily know how to win games. Yeah. So I don't know. If that, is that what you mean by inflated? No, 100%. That's part of it. I think comparing it to years past, and especially when you go back, go by decades, we never saw games go up to 120, 130, 110s consistently. If you scored 10 years ago, if you scored 100 points in a game, you're like, oh, wow, that's a high-scoring game. 105, that's a high-scoring game. That's a poor defensive game. Now every game is going 110 plus on both sides of the floor. So the the way the game's changed, the pace the game's played at, the the sports, I guess the basketball science with the whole percentages and the three-point shot, I think personally that's all inflated all these scoring numbers. Now it's so it, the pace they play at is probably like so much further ahead of how they used to play in the early 2000s and even in the early 2010s. So seeing these guys put up 47 a night, 54 a night, 50s consistently 40s consistently how much does it really mean at this point if you're not winning games does it really mean much i mean this really does anything mean anything when lebron's in the league he's the goat he's the goat right now it's he's the goat right now it almost feels like they're just playing for fame or second place like money (laughs) you know what i mean like there's and that's the tough part man like can you knock them though like i don't know i don't know how to approach it because the young guys definitely know how to get buckets but are they going to know how to get buckets in a playoff series? That's what we all need to see because none of these yeah. young guys are in the playoffs. Like, yeah. think about the playoff teams that we're seeing. Like, Vet, okay, veteran teams. Look at the East: Philly, Vets, Boston, Vets. They were once young guys. Yeah, and those are like young vets. They too. were young they vets. were young vets, right? Uh, who else have we got? Milwaukee, veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, Toronto, veterans. Mm-hmm. Miami, Miami. They've got, they, they got, got young veteran guys, leadership. But they veteran got great, leadership. yeah. They got so they got a good balance. But like you got like Sacramento, right? All young guys. De'Aaron Fox is gonna get buckets, but can they can he lead? Can they all achieve the common goal of making the playoffs? We yeah. haven't seen it. Even Phoenix to an extent before C, uh, CP got there, we didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, New Orleans, all young guys, can they win? So I mean, it's tough, man. It, it's really tough, and you need veteran presence, and with yeah. them fizzling out, the veterans. It's it's weird. It's like if you get the good veterans, you get lucky, you're going to be in a better position to win. Yeah. And it seems like the teams that have veterans have all the veterans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And the teams that have like one or two veterans, like they're like 25 or 26. <laughs> they're not really veterans. So yeah. that's that's uh, sort of where we're at with the league. Speaking of the young guys, before we wrap, we wrap up, we wanted to do a little bit of a, um, a rookie radar, a little bit of a rookie watch because this year's class of rookies – has been one of the better ones. One of the better ones um, coming into the league in the last few years. We've as much as we've been, we just knocked a bunch of the young guys. They these guys have been able to produce, and they've they've been able to contribute to winning. From from what I've seen so far, um, amongst the rookies, there's maybe four that are pretty much concrete in the top four of the rookie class. Um, I'm gonna add a fifth one to the mix who's had an incredible week and. Who's been pretty solid all season. So, uh, without a doubt, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball just had a career-high 34 uh, points this week. He started in his first few games this week. Four games, yep. Um, he, before that, he was going, coming off the bench and still dropping up you know, ridiculous numbers. 
what I love about LaMelo Ball the most is just before he entered the draft, there was a lot of talk about him saying, if you're basing this kid off of playing in Australia, you're stupid. And I love the way he's come into the league and just he hasn't looked like a young guy. He hasn't looked like a, like a spoiled brat that people say that he is. Um, he's looked very mature, great passer, great IQ. Um, him and Miles Bridges, that connection is is, Crazy. is, is is dangerous. And just seeing him play and seeing how composed he is while playing, it's like I, I love all the Ball Brothers. I, mm-hmm. I love like the story. I love everything about that. So to see him succeed, I, I love it. And he's doing a great job. And he's 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 been he's been playing very well. And I think he deserves a starting spot on that team. Yeah. So um, to see, I don't know about your, your thoughts about Lamelo. What you want to mention? Yeah, about yeah. I, I, I mean, heading into the year, I was one of those skeptics about Lamelo because yeah, it seemed like all the highlights that we saw, he was a cherry picker, a complainer. You know, like just it doesn't stop. You know, Poor you attitude, go down the whole yeah. list, whatever the yeah. case, a bad interview or whatever the case may be. Last four games as a start, he's putting up twenty two six and six. Um, Incredible man, two and two, so decent. They lost to Philly and Utah. They're not the greatest. Really team. good games. They're not the greatest team. So, but man, thirty four career high, twenty two points the other day. and the six and six is what impresses me the most with your twenty two points. Like you're still distributing the ball, you're still getting the rebounds, bringing the ball down. I like what he's made of. Yeah, I like Charlotte. I like those young guys. Him, PJ sure. Washington, Miles Bridges. I just like the connection, mm-hmm. and um, I like Gordon Hayward too. We've uh, we've sort of been proven hey. wrong by Gordon Hayward, uh, yeah. but Charlotte's exciting. They're in the playoff hunt right now. They're in they're in a playoff spot. I think seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, if they're in the playoffs, I'm gonna be happy to watch them. If they're in the playoffs, we we ate our words with Gordon Hayward because we said he's just going for the money, just wants to ball out, do his own thing. If he's hey, if he's leading them to the playoffs and they haven't been there um, since the Kemba era, that one yeah. time, that's amazing for them. Uh, the number two rookie is Tyrese Halliburton. And seeing him, crazy. Um, I, I had no idea about him prior to the draft or prior to the season. Um, and hearing all the murmurs, hearing all the, the talk about him, and um, he had a few good games in the beginning of the season, and then decided to tweet about his shot. People kind of uh, were were upset about that, but man, he's been putting up honestly, you know, decent numbers, and he's contributing to winning basketball. Like you said, this week the Sacramento had a great week. Um, this week he had 13, 23, and 21 points. Um, and he broke his career high two games in a row. Yeah. And alongside with those, alongside with those, he had six, six, and four assists. So he's doing things on the, you know, offensive end, not just by scoring. Um, he's a, he's a decent defender. Um, and he's just been, you know, throughout the season, he's been fairly consistent in what he's going to give you. Read the fans, his three point percentages, bro. In the last three games. 75%, 57%, 56% 75%, 57%, from three-point. And look at that, too. He One game he put up nine, he made five of them. One game he put up seven, he mm-hmm. made four of them. Mm-hmm. One game he put up four, he made three. He's not putting up one or two a game. He's shooting. Nine, He's shooting. seven. Yeah. That's 20 attempts in three games, and you're shooting well above 56%. Yeah. Man, these kids are traveled, and they're they're, they're just young kids. It makes no sense. They're good. Um, That's another young, young, bright talent for Sacramento. He's something to be proud of. He's averaging 12, 4, and 6 on the season, 12, 4, and 5 on the season, shooting 50, 48% from the, from, the, from the field. For a guy, who, a young guy who's coming into the league, that's not poor at all, man. He's, he's no, doing really at well. At number three, um, he didn't play at all this week. He got a bunch of DMPs, uh, one DMP, and he didn't dress for a few games. Um, I'm not sure if it was due to COVID or maybe he's nursing an injury, but James Wiseman. Mm has been incredible um i think out of all the rookies he is the luckiest one because he came into the best situation hands down out yeah. of all i'm being a number two pick coming into a you know a franchise like the golden state warriors where they've won you've got your surrounded around, you're surrounded around hall of famers you've got draymond and green in your ear always giving you advice mm-hmm. um i think it's great for him he's averaging 12 and 6 on this on the season shooting 50 percent from the field he's shooting 40 percent from three and that's something that's going very well under the radar. He can shoot the ball, and he can shoot the mid-ranged. Um, I made a comparison to him to a, a Chris Bosh-esque kind of player. Someone on Twitter didn't like that, but <laughs> d- then go they watch, never like anything go on watch your Atlanta basketball games. I don't, I don't really care what you have to say, but he looks a lot like Chris Bosh. He moves like Chris Bosh, left-handed, big, mobile, can shoot, can put on the floor. He is the starting center of the future for that team. And I, I'm excited to see what he can do. I think I think that, that him at number two, great pick. 
Uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be a star in the future. I, I can't yeah. wait to see what he's gonna do. They got lucky with him. He's very gifted, I think, in terms of his skill set, his footwork, what he can do. Yeah, he's very moldable, and I think once they mold him and shape him into what they want, mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be great because he's very gifted um, naturally. Yeah, yeah. Um, number four is Anthony Edwards. He is absolutely. You know, he's another one of those guys who might be low-key box office. I think he can do a lot. Very athletic. Um, very confident in himself. That, As we've seen in interviews, he he, he knows he can play. Um, the last few games, 29 and 14, 13, 23, 15, 25 before that. Um, shooting has been really up and down. I think he's still trying to find his, his role, trying to find his way on that team. Um, but that's part of being a rookie. Uh, so we're not going to knock him on that. Um, I think he's going to be a great player in the future, uh, and he's going to be a, a key aspect for this Wolves team. If he just they, needs to be more composed. I think he's a little yeah. bit immature. He's young, he acts man. out. Yeah, he acts yeah. out a little bit on the court. Yeah. Um. So I think he just needs to be polished a little bit. He does look like a football player. It's kind of like uh, Terrence Davis. He's built. He's built, but he can move. Um, but he can definitely move, and I just yeah. want him to see, get a little bit more polished. Averaging thirteen and three on the season. Um. Not 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 bad. Shooting could be a lot better. Um, so that's why he's at number four. He can do a lot better. Yeah. Um, he can get better. The fifth rookie and the last rookie that I want to bring into the mix, who I don't think my, many people have talked about, is no. Emmanuel Quickly uh, of the New York Knicks. He's gotten a lot of run. He's been playing a lot. He's been able to develop a lot. Um, he's averaging 12 points and 2.7 assists on the season. Off the bench, right? Off the bench. He's not shooting the greatest. Obviously, being a rookie, you're not expected to shoot the greatest, but it's not I bad, think man. 36% from three is really good. Yeah, and 40% from the field, it can be a lot better. But once again, you're still learning. You're still, you know, sharpening your game. So um, I think he's one of those other rookies uh, to, to watch out for. Um, and, you know, for, for a team like the Knicks, who have been having pretty much an overachieving season, up, you know, compared to anybody's expectations, um, I think he could be a valuable asset to that team. Can he, though? Can he now? That's given, the question. Given the Derrick Rose trade, um, obviously some news about Derrick Rose going to the New York Knicks. Apparently, Tom Tom Thibodeau cannot go a single team without having Derrick Rose on that team. We know what the usage rate is like for Derrick Rose with Tom Thibodeau at the yeah. helm. Yeah, for sure. I think this definitely stunts his growth. I think I don't think they they brought Derrick Rose in to be a veteran guy and to coach this kid. I think they brought Derrick Rose to come in and contribute. Um, so it's going to be a bit and sad. I mean, he's not going to start over R.J. Barrett. So Exactly. So It, he's, it he's, looks he's, like he's being demoted a little exactly. bit. Exactly. So that's why I wanted to bring him to light today. And now, before that happens, I think he can be a great asset to that team. Um, so I'm hoping this Derrick Rose thing doesn't doesn't do too much. Yeah, for sure. And uh, shout out to all the young guys in the league making the league beautiful mm-hmm. for what it is. But uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, we got a Raptors game to catch tonight. Yes, uh, yes. So uh, catch your Memphis Grizzlies and Raptors. By the time you see this, it'll already be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know where to find us, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, we'll be there. And follow us on IG, Twitter, wherever. We're there, baby. Yeah. So just hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, hit the comment button. And we'll come at you next episode.